The mission of FSU Coach is to prepare and equip the next generation of coaches and sports professionals with best practices and current research to enable them to pursue excellence. We have two academic programs, the online graduate certificate, which is four classes, and also a 10-class master's in athletic coaching. Our graduate certificate and master's program can be started at any time, either the, the summer, fall, or spring. All of our classes have the word coach or coaching in them, and they're taught by coaches for coaches. The types of classes that we offer focus on the athlete as a whole person. We focus on the theory and practice, the research, the helping skills, uh, even some of the mental performance behind you know, what it goes into being an athlete. I came to FSU Coach because I truly believed in the mission and the purpose of the program. I think I have my dream job being a head coach at Florida State, but I know there's always more ways that I can help my athletes and better prepare as a coach, so I thought joining this master's program would help me um, learn different ways to attack my job. If you're interested in going into coaching or joining the FSU Coach program, I would just say don't even think about it and do it. Well, hello everybody. Welcome to FSU Coach Live. My name is Tim Backers, and today's guest comes from the other side of the world. It's early morning in Guam. It is Doug Palmer, the athletic director for the University of Guam. Guam. Doug, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, just give us a little bit of background of, of how you ended up where you are today. Okay, well, thank you, Tim, for having me on. Uh, this actually proves that things like LinkedIn do work since we, we connected through That's right. uh, one of the social media things. Um, well, basically, I ended up here. Well, my, my quick story would be, uh, at least with my Florida State connection, I went to Florida State to get my master's degree way back in 1984. Uh, I actually was an assistant softball coach at FSU their first two years of fast pitch. Um, I worked for, for uh, Coach Graf, Joanne Graf. I guess that's back in 1984 and 85 when I was an assistant softball coach there. I then uh, became the head softball coach at the uh, University of West Florida over in Pensacola. Spent I literally spent about 20 years uh, there. And then I actually moved to the other side of the U.S. to Seattle where I worked at Shoreline Community College as their head athletic director for about eight years. Uh, and then I actually saw uh, uh, the University of Guam was looking for an athletic director. I, I saw it on, I think, Indeed.com. I saw it once, but that kind of intrigued me. So uh, I actually applied for the position and I got the job. I was the only off-island person to apply for the job. So I interviewed uh via zoom or whatever we were using eight to eight eight years ago or so uh, and I, I got the job and i came on out and i'm now work i'm getting very close to my uh, end of my seventh year here so uh, it's been a very interesting uh, uh journey here and the journey will continue <laughs> yeah very interesting story I, i'm curious you know, we typically don't go, oh, look, there's something, there's a job on the other side of the world. I'll throw my name in the hat. What, yeah. what was the rationale for just that kind of radical change? 
Well, I love Seattle, but nine months out of the year, it's pretty cloudy, drizzly, and uh, I thought maybe something in the Western Pacific, where it was 85 to 90 degrees every day of the year, would be a would be a very interesting change. So uh, it was mainly just just for that. It was uh, I wanted to go somewhere where a little bit different climate and. Of course, I was born and raised in South Carolina, and I spent well over 20 years in the state of Florida, uh, although northern Florida most certainly is not a tropical paradise every day of, every day of the year. But you know, I was used to more warmer weather and a little more sunshine, and uh, I, so I just decided to apply. Uh, didn't have any idea what I was getting myself into, but uh, I like challenges, and, and I think actually one of my biggest goals uh, my life was to try to start an athletic program basically from scratch. Mm -hmm. And while the University of Guam had had athletics uh, in their past, they hadn't had athletics in about 13 to 14 years. And they were uh, bringing it back uh, in a program called Good to Great at the University of Guam. Uh, and that it, it just gave me an opportunity to basically start an athletic program back over again. And that was kind of, like I said, the biggest that was a challenge that I was really always looking for is to try to find a, a startup program. And, you know, I got it out here. Tell us a little bit about what it's like being an AD in Guam. It's, it's not a big Island. It's, it doesn't have a large population. How do you compete? What sports do you have? Uh, okay. How do you, how do you raise funds like you would in the U S? Yeah. Well, a lot of it, a lot of it's very similar to the, to the U.S. mainland, and like I said, now I talk like a person from Guam. It's always mainlanders and and, and the mainland. Um, but basically, uh, the University of Guam uh, is the higher education institution for Micronesia. Uh, it's the only four-year institution of, of note uh, in, in Micronesia. Uh, there's a lot. There's several community colleges spread out during uh, are, are through Micronesia, like Palau has a community college. The Northern Marianas Islands have a community college. There's three or four uh, actually over in the Federated States of Micronesia. But if you want to get a four-year degree, uh, you either go to the U.S. mainland or, or you come to the University of Guam. Our dorms here at the University of Guam are not meant for folks from Guam. They're, they're meant for other islands in Micronesia for their students to stay here. Okay. Uh, athletic wise, uh, we do not play other colleges. There's only three other colleges on the island and uh, they do not play varsity athletics in the same way that, uh, that, that we try to do. So we basically play uh, in, in adult leagues uh, against uh, club teams. Uh, now, here at the University of Guam, and I came out of the NCAA and NAI schools. So we, we do have rules like what's on the U.S. mainland. You got to be in 12 credits. You got to pass 24 credits uh, each year. And, and we require at least a 2.0 uh, to be eligible. So we basically follow the same rules and regulations that NAI and NCAA follow. Uh, so, 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 so that's kind of the same. But uh, – like we're getting ready to start our our first sport to play will be actually women's basketball will start next week on Wednesday. Uh, we're hosting our own league. We call it the Lady Triton Super League. Uh, 
So it, it is a little bit different now that, like I said, basketball is going to start up in the 1st of September. We do not play the traditional um, college seasons that, that you have on, on the mainland. Uh, we, uh, we, you play whenever you can get a league together. Uh, our baseball team actually in, in a league that we played in the Guam Major League, and we just got, we just got uh, knocked out of our playoffs about a week ago. So we literally played all the way through the summer, but this is the wet season on Guam. We, we the whole league got rained out for forty-five days. Oh so, my God! Yeah, so you so, so you see we 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 have those type challenges, uh, and we have a right now we have a seven or eight sports. We kind of consider beach volleyball and regular volleyball two sports, uh, although they're coached by the same person. So we have about eight sports. But we have men's and women's basketball. We have men's and women's soccer. Uh, we have, like I said, we just added baseball back. Uh, that was one of the proud programs from the past that but they hadn't played in 16 years till this year. Uh, we added women's rugby uh, last year. And we had something else that I'm, that I'm fading on right now. Uh, well, like I said, the beach volleyball and the regular volleyball, we added it back. We actually... When I came here in 2016, we actually started uh, women's volleyball up, and it actually our team became the national team, and we couldn't find anybody on the island to play us anymore. So we actually suspended it for a while, wow. but, but we but we brought it back now. It's more of the beach version of it. Um, so it's it's very different. All my coaches are part time coaches. They basically make about six thousand uh, dollars to coach. Like I said, when I was at Shoreline Community College, that was basically the same type situation we had there. All, all my coaches were part-time. Uh, so uh, here they're, they're all part-time. Uh, but we do expect somewhat of a, not necessarily a full-time effort, but, you know, a, 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 an effort that goes beyond $6,000. So, uh, But overall, there's no such thing as a college coach on Guam. Basically, we've – and in a lot of cases, I only have one person apply. <laughs> so basically, I have to train them as best I can. Nobody here has real recruiting experience. Um, Guam is a small island of about 155,000 residents. Uh, and we try to uh, recruit as much as we can on Guam. We're starting to extend our recruiting out to some of more of some of the other islands. Saipan that's just north of us. We went up and took a, a trip recently up there and we became, we've begun recruiting up, up several kids from there. We had five Saipan kids come down and join our teams for uh, this semester. But we're also starting to reach out to other islands like, like, like uh, Palau, Yap, Chuk, uh, to try to bring more student athletes here. And we also do recruit the U.S. mainland but like I said, you have to find some folks who understand that they're not coming to a U.S. mainland college program. Uh, you're coming to what we do here on Guam, and it's just very different than what they may be used to on the U.S. mainland. But like our best men's basketball players from uh, Texas. So uh, we do get a few folks to come out and play with us, uh, especially if they like the island life. <laughs> yeah. Talk a little bit about the, the college athletes you have. When when we look at college athletics on the mainland, 
a lot of the players are thinking about pros, thinking about going to quote the next level. Do you do you see that in Guam? Is it a case of the these players are going to represent their national team? What is the the outcome of the collegiate athletic system in Guam? Or is it more a case of you're you're really just enjoying your experience being a, an athlete for uh, a few years and then you're done? Well, it's a little bit of both, actually. We have a we have some close connections with some of the national teams here on Guam. Since Guam's a uh, territory and, and not a state, we actually have our own Guam national men's basketball team, women's right. basketball team. Uh, so we actually have a close relationship with several of the national federations, like the uh, Guam Men's Basketball uh, Confederation. Uh, they've sent us two to three players over my time here uh, to play with us because they, uh, they uh, find somebody uh, – with Guam blood somewhere else in the world and they want them to come here and, and become part of their program. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, especially if they're young, they're not going to be in the top 10 or 12 uh, for the, for the Islands national team. So they'll send them here to play with us to get more experience and stuff while they're still on Guam or while they're on Guam. Uh, so, so we do have close relationships with that. Uh, we actually had a men's basketball team that was, 30 and 0 about three or four years ago, but we actually got four U.S. mainland kids to come over uh, to play, and but most of them had already hit, hit here at the University of Guam. We give five years of athletic eligibility. If you're working on a master's degree, you can earn a sixth year of eligibility. Uh, so we actually try to do uh, some common sense stuff since most college students these days take five years to graduate anyway. So we give five years of eligibility, uh, but we had some of those guys come over and I think most of them had already pretty much finished college. They were working on their masters, but they were really looking to get a pro contract in Asia. Uh, and actually one of them actually did get one from, uh, from a pro contract in, in the Philippines. Uh, but that's not the normal student athlete that we try to bring over. We're actually trying to bring uh, students who are really want to get a degree here. Uh, the one young man from Texas wants to be a marine biologist, and we have one of the best marine biology programs in the world uh, here at the University of Guam. He wants to study sharks. Where is a more perfect place than to be out in the middle of the Western Pacific, uh, you know, to do that? Uh, so it's a combination. Um, but for the Guam students, I mean, most of them aren't really looking to go pro. Uh, instead, same thing, using men's basketball. The average kid on, on Guam is 5'8". I mean, we're basically an island of, of soccer players, uh, at yeah. least on the height and stuff. So uh, they're not necessarily worrying about going to the NBA or, or places like that. We may have a few baseball players that have dreams of, of doing things like that and, and maybe some of the other sports on the island. But overall, uh, they want to you know get their education and have a chance to continue playing uh, athletics. Uh, like I was talking to you before, uh, there is a dead, there is a dead place uh, for athletics after high school. Then you see, then you have to pretty much go into adult leagues, uh, since University of Guam is the only college on the island that plays any sports, and there's only three other colleges on the island. Uh, we we feel a, a void, so we have a lot of our students, that, you know, 18 to 20 year olds playing in adult leagues, 
but they're playing against generally 25 to 30, even 35 year olds in some of these, in some of these adult leagues. Uh, and we're playing against like uh, the, 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 the national team players on some of the sports that still live on Guam. Uh, so it's a, it's a, it's a very different atmosphere here. Uh, as far as it goes, we don't really have a rival school. We may have a rival team, like in men's basketball, the Anderson Bombers is our from Anderson Air Force Base is our biggest rival. We can't very often beat them because they got a bunch of 6'4", 230-pound guys. They may not necessarily be the best basketball players, but they're athletic. <laughs> so it's hard for us to get a rebound or whatever. So, uh, so, it's, but, so it's a very different place. You have to have a very different uh, attitude when you come here. As, as, as far as, you know, uh, playing games and things. Your, your typical large university in the U.S. Uh, it needs some facilities. And so they go out and start soliciting financial assistance from former athletes, from, from people in the community. And, and maybe in a year or two, we see some new building. I'm curious how you, you handle finances at the university and, and provide funding for athletics when your your base is much, much smaller than yeah. the most institutions on the mainland who have hundreds of thousands of graduates, maybe. Yeah. Uh, university of Guam has been around since about the mid fifties. Uh, so we do have a decent alumni base, but uh, the university, when I first got here in 2016 was right around 4,000 students. Now, after the pandemic, we're down to about 3,000 students. Uh, so, and our funding, we're considered, an, we're considered an auxiliary program. We really don't get any funding from the university. We have a student, fee, a student athletic fee that pays for athletics and, and, and the recreation programs. But then, I mean, the one very nice facility that we have as far as athletics is, is our arena. We do have a 3,000 seat uh, basically basketball, volleyball arena with three basketball courts. And it would be comparable to most really nice division two or lower division one facilities on the U S mainland. Uh, so we, we, but we have to rent it out. We have to bring in $150,000 a year to, to meet our budgets. Uh, so we, we basically, uh, as far as the athletic programs go, uh, provide, coaches, uniforms, balls, but pretty much we don't, we, we pretty much, again, we just play on the island and the island's only about 30 miles long and four, four to 10 miles across. So there's not a whole lot of travel we have to do here as far as things go. Or if it is, you're within 10 miles of anywhere else you go. Uh, like I said, for basketball, we've got the best facility on the island. Uh, soccer, we play at, out at the National Soccer Federation. Uh, we, we play in their leagues, and they've got a pretty nice uh, AstroTurf facility. And we just played in the Guam Major League. We played at the Paseo Stadium, which is uh, an on-the-water facility uh, that's very that's very nice to look at. Uh, it needs some work, uh, as as many things here on Guam. The facility's kind of falling out of being a, a top-level facility. They need lights. They need a new scoreboard, new sound system. But it's, it's still a, an okay facility for us to play at. Um, we play our women's rugby on our own soccer rugby field here on campus. 
again, it's not much. It's just a, basically an open grass area that, that, that we mark off. Um, but like we said, we've got a $1 million tax break uh, for anybody who wants to build athletic facilities here on the University of Guam. So we're, we continue to, to try to look for somebody that would like to do that. Um, we would we would love to get a, a baseball field and a, and a new uh, and a softball field and and some other facilities here. So hopefully in our long range plans we got nice little drawings of what it would look like. So hopefully in the near future that that potentially can happen um, if we can find somebody who, who wants to invest in that. Um, so it's still pretty much very much like the U.S. mainland as far as that goes. Uh, just have to find, but there's just not. Uh, as you can tell, there's just not a whole lot of money on Guam, uh, mm. or it's 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 a small population of money that you know everybody on the island is trying to tap into. Uh, I mean, we actually have to compete with our with the university. You know, we have a main endowment here that's always looking to get more money into it. So, but there are some folks here who want to give to athletics. Uh, they have the U.S. Uh, philosophy somewhat towards that or they have a love of basketball or, or baseball or whatever so we do get a few boosters that are helping us out but we just don't have anybody at the moment that can build a multi-million dollar Man. athletic facility right now but hopefully in the future we may find somebody or we work a partnership out with uh, gov guam uh, at some point to maybe build something here because we are one of the few areas that we actually have a decent amount of space to build. Space mm -hmm. here on Guam, while not at a super premium, is at a premium. You've you've worked at large universities. You've looked at you've worked at smaller universities. Now here you are in Guam. What are some of the challenges you face in this position that are unique to your situation? Well, number one, Guam has a, a, a different culture. It is very family oriented and actually very work oriented. Like I said, there is a void after high school athletics. Uh, most people, they either go to college, uh, so they either come to University of Guam or they go to the, to the U.S. mainland. If you go to a private school here on Guam, you tend to go to the U.S. mainland to go to school. Some people go to the Philippines. If you're in public school, you usually end up here at the University of Guam or maybe go uh, to the U.S. mainland. Uh, but the challenge is, like, in my last school uh, at Shoreline Community College in Seattle, uh, we for baseball, the only day we could play uh, at home or close to home, we had a high school uh, place we used was on Sundays. So we had to play on Easter. We had to play on Mother's Day. And of course, we did the let all the moms in free, had cookouts after the games for everybody. But here on Guam, you can't play on Easter. You can't play on Mother's Day. Um, this is an island of 90% uh, Catholics, and they're very, it's a, a somewhat religious island. Uh, so nobody's coming on, on Easter to a baseball game in the afternoon. I mean, our players aren't coming. Uh, and there's very big family oriented things here like the first basketball team. We had one 6'4 kid from Guam uh, on our team. Grandma cooked family dinner every Sunday, and he had to be at grandma's dinner. He couldn't, and we played, of course, on Sunday. We were in a Sunday basketball league, so he had to miss the Sunday games because grandma said, 
you know, he had to be at Sunday dinner. It wasn't that grandma could come to the games and cook dinner afterwards or before. Uh, he had to be there. So you, you face those challenges. And I think the biggest challenge is, is the work. Uh, at Shoreline Community College, all our kids have part-time jobs. But we would give them our, an athletic schedule of games and practices. They would take it to their boss. Uh, and the boss would work their working schedule around our practice and game schedule. Here on Guam, we have to work around the kids' part-time job schedules. So we very rarely, if ever, have a full team at practice. And we have sometimes kids missing because of work. Work here is more important than college athletics. And my first two years here, I battled that. <laughs> I tried to change that. I lost badly. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we so we've adapted and adjusted uh, to do the best we can as far as getting kids to practice and make sure we try to get everybody at games. But work here is more important than college athletics. And it's just something that you really wouldn't realize till you got here. And I did. I did. I, we, we, we really tried to change the attitude. We lost. So we now adapt and adjust to the students work schedules and things. Uh, and we just gotten used to, we're not going to have everybody at practice every day. FSU coaches is all about helping coaches, developing coaches, which in turn help athletes get better as, as athletes and people. I'm curious where you see the needs in Guam when it comes to coach to education and development. Well, like I said, we got some good fundamental coaches on the island, but we really don't have college coaches. Uh, my men's basketball coach, uh, his actually wife works at Anderson Air Force Base. Uh, he's he's from New York and he's he he's worked in AAU a lot, uh, so he has an idea about recruiting. So he he's uh, he's been trying to recruit more U.S. Uh, student athletes to come over and play, but most of the coaches have no experience at recruiting at all. Uh, again, I'm trying to teach them how to how to recruit, uh, but we're still almost more tryout based than we are uh, going out and recruiting uh, players in the high schools. Uh, but but we're getting a little bit better at it. Uh, but that's that's the biggest. If we had a training, something that basically teaches the basics of recruiting, I said most of my coaches are pretty good fundamental coaches. Uh, so I'm not necessarily worried about them teaching the X's and O's of other sports, but the other stuff, fundraising, uh, recruiting, those type aspects of uh, college coaching is be the part that we would definitely, if we, we had some training, we would love to get some training uh, on that. Uh, like I said, it's 4 a.m. here. Uh, most of the people on Guam, if they are in education, they, they're doing U.S. Uh, mainland uh, trainings, seminars, and things. So we're very used to being here at two o'clock in the morning, uh, doing these type things. So that's that's not a, something that would really slow us down. But if we had some options for that, most certainly, I think some of my coaches would try to take advantage of that. Well, I want to be thoughtful of your time. I know it's early in the morning. You've got a long day ahead of you. If somebody watching this at another point in time on our podcast or on YouTube has a question for you, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Uh, probably send me an email at uh, Palmer, P-A-L-M-E-R-D, uh, at triton.uog.edu. Um, 
I I answer it generally within one day. So I'm almost always here every seven days a week. So uh, this is kind of I, I, I like to tell most folks for an athletic director or an athletic college coach, uh, your job's a lifestyle. It's, it's not a job. It's, it's a lifestyle. Um, so I'm pretty much around most of the time. Anything going on in the building, I'm here like uh, tomorrow night. We have Miss Saigon uh, musical production in, in our in our arena. Uh, so we will be here for that and for that as well. Well, Doug, thank you so much for joining me. And just a reminder, everybody watching to subscribe, like wherever you're watching this, whether it be on our podcast or on YouTube. But on behalf of myself, Tim Baghurst and Doug Palmer, thanks so much for watching. Well, thanks, Tim, for having me. This was a great experience. And hopefully someday I'll come back and hopefully tell you some things that we've accomplished. <laughs> I hope so, too. Thank you. All righty.